Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is fifth in our series on the Psalms. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needle or crochet hook and join us. My name is Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. As our fifth, I'm going to remind everybody, you can go back and listen at the intro or any of the other laments and praises and other topics we've already covered. But this time around, we're going to take a look at a different type of psalm, which is the instructional or enthronement. Now, instructional I get, enthronement means absolutely nothing to me. (laughs) So we're going to leave the heavy topic of the laments that we've been hanging out in the last two weeks, and we're going to look at a couple of these others And again, I want to remind folks something I said in the beginning intro podcast, which is to say that when you try to make certain that you put a psalm into a box, it's going to jump out and it it may not behave completely and fit only in this one little box. And these different types, praise, lament, enthronement, instructional. There are gray areas. There are gray areas and there are more. They blend and there are more. You could look at one that looks like a psalm of praise, but it's also a song of ascent, mm. like A-S-C-E-N-T, mm-hmm. meaning a traveling psalm. And there are lots of psalms about traveling that would be used on pilgrimages and things like that. These instructional psalms can also be historical. Okay. So there's lots of different ways, lots of nuance. So we're going to focus in and talk about these two, and then this is going to end our series. We're going to talk next week about how the Psalms then get used in our worship service. Yep. But this kind of taking the stuff apart, looking at the Psalms as birds in the pan, this is our last episode on that. Mm. So if you want to learn more and you want to keep diving deeper than what you're learning here, go to our webpage, centralportland.org, click on the podcast button, Find our blog, and you're going to find some links for some books. And you can always read some of these commentaries and really dig even more in depth into information about this kind of stuff. Excellent. You're also encouraged to contact us or Pastor Amanda directly via email, Facebook, or whatnot. Exactly. You can reach us. You can even tweet me. Ooh. I know. That's exciting. I think nobody ever tweets me. (laughs) I'm going to tweet you just because. (laughs) So today, what we are going to be looking at are these two instructional and enthronement. So let's start with the instructional. We'll end with enthronement. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. I promise. So on these little PDF sheets, if you are on our blog and you are looking at this, you're going to see the anatomy of an instructional psalm or a Hebrew acrostic. Oh, we're finally getting to the acrostic ones. We're getting to the acrostic ones. So do you remember what an acrostic poem is? Yes. It's like when my daughter has to write one where it's her name and then you start your sentence or your line with whatever that first letter is. Exactly. And so we have, for example, Psalm number 37. And Psalm 37 is... I have been racking my brain to figure out what the acrostic would be. (laughs) And then I realized it would have been in Hebrew, so anything that I could come up with is going to be different anyway. Exactly. It's the Hebrew alphabet. Oh, yeah. I got nothing. (laughs) God is like the easy one. (laughs) We only have three lines. Right? So it's the Hebrew alphabet all the way through. So from like A to Z of the Hebrew alphabet, which is not A to Z. But each of the... 
versus begins with a different letter. So for those of you who are hoping that Christ would be one and it would be all fun, you're out of luck. Totally out of luck. But you're welcome to write your own. That's right. But really what this does is it goes through Psalm 37. You can see it like gives instructions. It tells you how to live. Okay. So verse one, do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord. Do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and God will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in God, and God will act. Right? So it's instructing you. Mm -hmm. Here's how you can live. Here's how you do this. And it's easy to memorize because it's the alphabet. Hmm. So helpful. It's kind of like, what's the, my very elegant mother just ate nine pizzas, Mm -hmm. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, right? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. or just sat upon nine pizzas. Something like that. Isn't that it? Except you can't do Pluto anymore. Yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, every good boy does fine. Isn't that the one for the... Is that the musical staff? Yes. Right? Uh Uh-huh. And so... In the same way that you use that kind of a piece, this is set up to help you remember that this is the next thing going on, and then you can memorize, and you can remember the things you're being taught about. Okay. So Psalm 37 is this general psalm about how to live life, how to be a person of faith. Sometimes it's historical information, the history of the people that is being told, and holding on to the history of the people. So these are oftentimes long. There's some really, really long, like the longest psalm in this altar. Is instructional? Is instructional. Yeah. Okay. It's like a long-winded professor. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> but with tips to help you remember. That's right. Oh. If you spoke the language and we're reading it in Hebrew. <laughs> yeah. For us, it's just really long. And I will say that if that does come up in use in worship, you you can't tell because, again, we can't see the acrostic in English or in any language other than the Hebrew. Interesting. Okay, so now enthronement, which, again, I have no idea what that means. So you can see in the middle of the word, the word throne. Yes. Right? Which is the seat upon which royalty sits. Yes. So these psalms, many of which are found within the same book, which are found between 90 and 108, they're scattered elsewhere as well. They're also throughout the rest of the Psalter, but several of them are in those 16. They deal with, they focus on the reign of God. Okay, I was going to ask, how is the throne and that Mm -hmm. any different than a particular praise It's a really great question. And again, remember, once you try to put a psalm in a box... It jumps out. Mm Mm-hmm. So the note that I have on the anatomy sheet here is just to say, focused on the reign of God, and that's the Mm R-E-I-G-N, not reign like R-A-I-N, that we live in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. These psalms have less of a formula that defines them. So it's less of like an accusation at God, a cry for help, a affirmation of trust about a praise, right? There's your lament formula. But there's less of a formula within this, more of a content grouping. So like what the content is about. Okay. And so you have 
a couple of these. I'm going to just throw out some numbers. People who have a Bible handy, you can look at these. If you've got a Bible handy or pull up BibleGateway.com and take a look. 93, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. Like I said, they're kind of grouped uh-huh. in that particular section, although there are others. They all center around the concept and the idea of God ruling over the earth. Okay. So Psalm 98 is one of my favorite psalms. Is it really? Yeah. I found this one during my class. Uh Uh-huh. And again, context for folks. This was right after 9-11 happened. This is in spring of 2002. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. We're at war for the first time in my lifetime Mm -hmm. at that point. And it's just a scary world out there. And... Then I read this psalm, and I was really uncomfortable with the whole, like, kind of idea of, or I have been in the past, really uncomfortable with the idea of God as having power over rather than power with or power alongside Mm -hmm. kind of human. And the issue of free will really matters to me. Sure. Because I don't think that God can be in relationship if there isn't free will. Uh And I believe strongly in a God of relationship. I think that's fair. And so the idea of like a God that has this massive power over did not particularly appeal until everything was kind of going to hell in a hand. Exactly. And in those moments where you see how much human beings bugger up living in community. Wiping the slate clean doesn't seem so bad. And it's maybe not wiping the slate clean. It's the promise that at the end of the day, Somehow, some way, God isn't going to let this stand. Okay. And it was two years before I would go to Nicaragua and really have that articulated for me by a gentleman from South Africa who had lived through apartheid when he stood on this hill looking over Managua and the city dumpster lights, like the garbage landfill area where people live sure, and have their homes. And I just wept. I said, how does God let this happen? And Calvin said, oh, Amanda, God doesn't let this last. He never lets this last. Trust me. God won't let this last. And it gave kind of more experience, credence, credibility to this idea that God, at the end of the day, is not going to let our violence win. And is not going to let our cruelty to one another win. And so these psalms that talk about God being the one who's in charge and God being the one who has the power, for me, has offered tremendous comfort in times when I am so disappointed in humanity. Sure. So Psalm 98, and again, this is the NRSV translation. And I read this during that particular seminary in the New Jerusalem translation, which will be a little more poetic. So if we start with verse one, oh, sing to the Lord a new song for God has done marvelous things. God's right hand and holy arm have gained victory. The Lord has made known God's victory. God has revealed the vindication in the sight of the nations. God has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with a lyre, with a lyre and the sound of melody. 
with trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for God is coming to judge the earth. God will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. And so what I love so much about this is a lot of these enthronement psalms aren't just about God's power with people. It's the entire creation okay. gets to be a part of this. And this whole idea of the seas roaring and all that fills it and the floods clapping their hands and the world just recognizing that our mistakes and our faults and the things we do aren't going to have the final word. That the final word is going to be in the hands of a God who will return the entire world into right relationship. And that's what that word righteousness actually means. Righteousness does not mean like, I am the best and the goodest Mm -hmm. thing in the world. Righteousness means right relationship. Okay. And so God will bring the world into right relationship and will create an equity among all people. And the entire creation will be filled with joy and wholeness and wellness. And like, I get choked up thinking about this, right? Because in this time where things are so messy, to have this promise that it's not going to be that way. And I don't have this image of God as king, that king mentality of the big guy with the white beard and Mm -hmm. big throne and power over, but just this being that created everything who loves it so deeply and knows it so well and owns the responsibility for that which has been created and that deep love and that deep responsibility and the choice to come and put it all right. That's what the enthronement Psalms say to me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love them. I find deep promise and hope. So the laments give me words for like, I'm angry and I hate this and God, you better show up. And the enthronement Psalms give me words to say, I may not get to see it, but your promises is that this won't last. Mm -hmm. And someday there will be a time when all of creation will be put back right. Because at the end of the day, it is not human beings who are in control of this world. It is a loving God who created it that will have the final word. That hope is a helpful and sometimes necessary thing to cling to when you're in those depths of grief. You know, a lot of people ask me as a pastor, how do I do what I do day after day after day? And sure, how do you keep the hope and where do you find your strength and that kind of thing? It's from this kind of a psalm. It's from Mm -hmm. this kind of a faith. It's from, you know, a millennia of us connected to one another, clinging to the hope that God is not going to let it end this way. And those before us have not seen it change, and we may not see it change, but maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow it's going to be better. And so with that kind of giving me strength, I can take the next step forward the next day. And on those days when I don't have the strength, then I just move into the laments, right? <laughs> sure. And, and say, okay, I'm really angry because you're not showing up and there's a whole bunch of crud happening right now, but 
I'm going to trust you and I will praise you. I'm going to find a way to get there. <laughs> I'm going to fake it till I make it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have the hope. And eventually there are days like the day we had the baptism of our Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. Where the praise of God was really easy and really obvious because God's action in the world and pulling things into right relationship and pulling things into goodness was really easy to see in that day. Mm -hmm. And so it's really easy to praise on that kind of a day. And again, the reminder that that's where our Psalter begins and that's where our Psalter ends. Sure. Is that praise and that knowledge that God is bigger and better and more than we can ever comprehend. In the same way that the Psalter can't be boxed in, neither can God. So those are the enthronement psalms. They're my favorite. I really love them. Oh, that's wonderful. I lean into them a lot in my own personal faith life. That makes sense. Okay, as we're on the fifth, my last question is kind of Mm all-encompassing. We've talked about readings in the past and how you follow the lectionary, which Mm -hmm. means it's all laid out for you, and I'm assuming the psalms are all laid out for you. Have you ever come across one where I'm like, "Mm, I think we need to skip that one this week? (laughs) Not in the Psalms. Really? Because one, I love the laments anyway, so I wouldn't want to skip the dark stuff. Okay. But the lectionary cuts out the hard parts of the Psalter. Oh my. It censors them. I think the Psalms are the most censored part of our Bible in our entire lectionary. Well, do you go the opposite direction then Mm -hmm. and put stuff in? I have. Oh, good for you. There was a moment in my first call where things were really hard and heavy, and I think it might have been the Psalm 13 that came up, but a lament, and I tossed out all the other readings, and I just focused on, focused that, on that and taught about what a lament actually is, because the community needed it. I think we had had five funerals in four weeks, oh. including like a tragic death. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was a really painful and exhausting emotional time for the congregation. And so I pulled it out and we just sat in it. And I'm like, we need to know how to do this. Mm-hmm. So, but usually the Psalms in worship breeze by. Yeah. And we don't get the depth of them. We don't get the power of them. We don't encounter them very powerfully in worship. I have to admit that I never, ever even blink at them. Yeah. It's more of a, do I get to sing it or do I not get to sing it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So next week we will talk more about how we use psalms in worship because several of you did send in questions. Thank you so much for sending those in to us as we were preparing. We did add a week onto this series because of those questions. So next week, we're going to talk about how they're used in worship and those different kinds of pieces. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about instructional and enthronement psalms. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for listening in. We would love to hear from you. You can contact us at podcast at centralportland.org. Or send us a message via Facebook. And yes, you can tweet me. I will get it. All of these different ways are ways to get a hold of us, and we would love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you, no matter what.